I'm Sunny Linarduzzi. Welcome to the Sunny Show podcast for the bright side of being your own boss and building your own life. My definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything else personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Mm, You're going to walk away from this episode saying, man, I needed to hear that today because I felt that way when I was speaking to my good friend, Chris Winfield. We talk about failure. We talk about Chris's biggest entrepreneurial failure and why it was actually his biggest blessing and how you can reframe perceived negative events and understand exactly why they're beneficial for you. We also talk about your unfair advantage. How do you identify it and how do you use it to grow and catapult in your life and in your business? If you don't know Chris, he is known as the Super Connector. He is the creator of Unfair Advantage Live, the premier publicity event for entrepreneurs and experts. He's also an editor-at-large for Arianna Huffington's Thrive Global, a columnist for Time, Business Insider, Inc. He's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, NBC's Today Show, USA Today, Fast Company, Forbes, and over 200 other media outlets. Chris has also worked with people from many of the world's best known companies, including Disney, Virgin, Macy's, Viacom, NBC, and the list goes on. To put it simply, Chris gives entrepreneurs an unfair advantage. When it comes to getting more publicity, making connections, and taking your life, to the next level, which is why I'm so excited to dive into this interview. Let's do it. Chris Winfield, I'm so excited to have you on The Sunny Show. We haven't known each other long, but I feel like things have escalated quite quickly. (laughs) They have. And I'm so excited that we're doing this and we're in the same country. I know. It's crazy. I mean, you're on the opposite side of the country. You're in Toronto. I'm in Vancouver, but we're at least both in Canada. Um, and I'm really excited too, because I'm going to be in your city, New York, uh, in about a month's time for your event, which I will talk about all at the end, because uh, we want people from my audience to be there and it's going to be so beneficial in so many ways. But first, I want to dive into the title of that event and really what I think you are the best in the world at, which is discovering people's unfair advantage. And the event is called Unfair Advantage Live. I'll be speaking there. I'm stoked. But let's dive into what is an unfair advantage? All right. So in the way, let me tell you how, where the unfair advantage came from. So I'm in this small mastermind. It's myself, a guy named Jonathan Fields, who you might know has a top 100 podcast called Good Life Project. Todd Herman, 98 year live guy, and Ryan Lee, one of the top like health guys in the world. Anyway, it's a dad mastermind. We're all fathers, we're all entrepreneurs. And it was around like just about a, over a year ago that we're and we meet every 45 days. Each person gets a half hour, get feedback, and we implement and listen to feedback. And I was really focused on a my personal development, productivity business, and you know, I had a good business around that. I write a lot and all that. And at one point they looked at me and they're like, what the hell's wrong with you? Now, this is how I heard it. I don't know if that's what they said. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, listen, why are you, why are you teaching people what you do best? And yeah. I was like, well, I don't even know what you mean by that. They're like, well, 
when we describe people to you, we call you our unfair advantage. Now, just as like a point, they all take credit for this. I don't know which one of them. So that's why I always say it as they, they all tell me that they're the one that came up with it. I was like, explain what you mean. Because I'm actually pretty good about listening to feedback from people I trust and like and implementing on that. And they, so they looked and they're like, well, if we need something done, you're the person who can connect us to anyone. If we want to get media coverage, you're the person who connects us and like tells us what to Like, why are you not teaching people about that, sharing that more? And I was like, wow, that is uh, crazy because I didn't even realize. So unfair advantage like it, for me is relationships, is being able to connect people. It's always the relationships, like being able to text somebody and get something done in 30 seconds that could otherwise take like six months or a year in terms of like, especially when it comes to publicity, or anything, that's the unfair advantage. For other people, it's completely different. It's like, you know, it, many times it's those things that we do better than anyone else. We just kind of throw them away because they're so simple and they're like to us like I'm like connecting people that's so easy like going to an event and just talking to people and meeting but that's so like no it's not that's not easy at all so that's you know the 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 whole idea is that is you know for me and for all people I believe that relationships and being able to connect with people and having to get something done or whatever you need that's like the unfair advantage is is the relationships Yeah. And I think you hit on something that's so important that I really want to focus on because I do think it's really hard and it's a funny thing because it should be easy. It's really hard for us as individuals to see our unfair advantage. It does sometimes take someone else saying, you're really good at that. Did you know that? And if funny enough, it's usually the thing that comes easiest to us. Like for me, I grew up my whole life. I made videos like from the time I was a kid, it was one of my favorite activities to do and hobbies to do for every single person in my life for their birthday, for my parents and anniversary, I make a video. But I just figured I literally thought everyone in the world did that. And so I didn't think anything of it until I got older and I realized, oh, this might be unique to me. So for people listening, for the bosses listening who are trying to figure out what their unfair advantage is, what are some clues to get them there? So you hit on the top one. What's the thing that comes easy to you that you just kind of discount? And I think that that is like, that's always the number one question that I ask people because it, it's the thing. So the, there's a story called Acres of Diamonds by this guy, Russell Conway. And it, the story is basically that you, you're looking or this guy is in Africa and everyone's getting rich with diamond mines. This is a long time ago. Everyone's getting rich, discovering diamonds, everything like that. And he was, he was like relatively rich guy, but he wanted more. So he sells this like giant farm that he's living on and he goes in search of his diamonds and he doesn't find any. He winds up like drowning in an ocean and dying. Now, the guy he sold his farm to had like is walking around one day and sees in a stream this giant diamond. He picks it up. It winds up that he's on like one of the greatest like diamond mines in Africa. Now, the whole point of it is like everything that we need is always like right there in our own backyard. Like we're sitting on our acres of diamonds. And my goal is always to try to help people bring that out. And that is such an important thing because you think about, I was thinking about when you said like YouTube, our videos came easy. So you're like, well, why would I even do that? 
But then like, even if you just took it further and you're like, all right, I'm really good with YouTube. And then you're like, oh, everyone's good with, you, you know, and you've built like this amazing business and you've helped so many different people, people, a lot of people that I know, but like, it'd be so easy. And I think that that's like the message you also try to get across to your audience is like, it, it's like, just because it's like already been done or other people do it, or it's easy to you, like, doesn't mean that it's not unbelievably valuable. And that's my mission. Yeah. And it's such an amazing and beautiful mission. And you've already helped me so much. I don't even remember when it was that we met, but it wasn't more than six months ago, I don't think. And you've already had such a major impact on my life in so many ways. And I'm so grateful for it. And based on our first conversation, I I think every time I'm like, we should be recording this in my head because... (laughs) Because there's, you have a wealth of knowledge that I'm sure on a certain level you kind of take for granted as well. And it's just really easy to discount or discredit the things that are in our genius zone because for a few reasons. One, if it comes easy to you, you assume it comes easy to everybody else. And two, I think that you know, you're know you told kind of your whole life there's a path to follow and your genius zone might not fit into the path or the mold that you think you're supposed to be in. So I want to talk about your path to getting to where you are now. You kind of touched on it, but obviously the whole thing behind this and everything I do is be your own boss. For me, that means so much more than just being an entrepreneur. It means really creating the life you want to love and live. And so for you, what was your path to getting to a place to be your own boss? Yeah, great question. And so my, and I love the question because my favorite quote of all time, and one of the things that kind of guides me, even though I'm not a big Steve Jobs fan, is a Steve Jobs quote. And it's, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So it's always so important. That's why I always care about people's stories. And like, I remember our first conversation learning about like, your history as like a journalist or reporter and getting to the Olympics and all these different things. And it's very important for me to understand it. It's important for, because like those dots are such big parts of who we are now. And my goal is always like to speed up the dots. So like the the dots being most of the times I figure if I can connect people to other people, things are going to happen faster. That's going to get people to their full potential. So, but for me, I had no clue that I would wind up here, this way, happy or anything. I was not that kind of person for most of my life. I grew up in you know, relatively good family, but nobody was an entrepreneur. Everyone worked in a school system, didn't really come from much money or anything. I grew up in a town that literally had a train tracks and I lived on the other side of the train tracks. <laughs> um, literally, like you always hear that. Oh, he's from the other, wrong side of the tracks. You uh, actually did. <laughs> I actually did. And I like I had no dreams or no like I wasn't like oh I'm gonna be an entrepreneur and like I wasn't like great at making money as a kid or anything like that and I had one job in my life which was right out of school and it was at this web development company that was just a mess and (laughs) I so I'll just to put it into perspective there was four guys who started it this is like towards the end of the dot-com era and there's four guys that started it one guy who brought me in wound up six months in. He was in rehab for a bad coke problem. He had left his whole family and everything. He was the most stable out of the four partners. So um, <laughs> that puts things in perspective. And I'm like this young kid out of um, you know out of school, out of college. Like, and my I was like doing cold calls, um, and I would call 300 people a day. And I I was really good at being able to set up appointments with people in New York City. Anyway, that company, like basically they were building these really super expensive websites and people wouldn't really get any type of return on them. So I wound up leaving and I started my own agency. 
and with like the goal of like, all right, actually driving people. So I learned all about SEO and I all these different things. First time SEO was ever like in the real mainstream press was this USA Today article that I was in. And I so I always built everything around relationships and publicity. Like mm-hmm. I am not a paid, I, I've never really paid for any type of direct advertising. Like I'm not a, like all my friends like are like, oh, do everything direct. I'm like, no, you know, it's not my way. It's all been through organic. So I created an agency which was really um, profitable, you know, relatively small, like 20 people. And I was about to sell that. And instead of selling it, I, at the last minute, I was like, oh, this is actually fitting for your story because I was like, I can't have a boss. I was going to have a two-year earnout, and actually, and the main thing they wanted was me. And I was like, I can't do that. So at the last minute, I said no. And instead, I formed a bigger agency. I merged together some um, different competitors slash friends with zero due diligence, everything done wrong. And we formed this agency, which looked awesome on the outside and it was a complete mess on the inside it was almost the exact analogy of my life okay i have to ask about this because i think it's so important so two things one you made the decision last minute you're like this is not what i want i don't want to have this to your earnout or whatever have a boss i'm going to do my own thing you go and do your own thing it doesn't work out the way you planned when you look back on it now was there was it a blessing in disguise in some strange way because you're following your intuition you're following your gut to do that and then it flops or whatever how do you interpret it now and how did you interpret it then so and let me put it into perspective so when i say it didn't work out it didn't work out in a massively (laughs) unspectacular way so meaning like it five years ago that company just pretty much imploded lost on like if i had said all right sonny here's all the worst things that can happen but they all pretty much happen and it literally and I say this with zero, zero exaggeration or hubris or anything, was one of the best things that ever happened to me. It didn't mm. feel like that at the time. And this is something really important for people to understand. And one of the greatest gifts that I've learned is perspective. Mm. So I used to always look at something that was bad or sometimes even things that were good and be like, why did that happen to me? And, and just like write it off as like bad luck or whatever and like just never be able to see any blessing in disguise or anything. Now for, a, you know, for especially the last seven plus years, I've been able to look at things and like that and be like, that was the one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because what that did for a long time, and your people can definitely re- hopefully relate to this, definitely, hopefully. Um, <laughs> they will. <laughs> contradicting myself. That's so... Okay. Is the whole idea of that I was comfortable being uncomfortable, but not in a good way. There's like a good uncomfortable, like going to the gym, busting your ass and like, you know, feeling uncomfortable that way. That's a good uncomfortable. Going to a job, my own company and feeling like I absolutely hate what I'm doing. But I'm comfortable because like my ego and, you know, it's like my it identity. It looks good and all that. Good. Yeah, well, I, I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to shake things up. Like I don't want to anger people, any of this. And that's a horrible uncomfortable. And I was comfortable in that one. So looking back, like I, like the greatest thing for me has been to be able to look at things that don't go right because every single day something many things don't go right like oh, yeah. entrepreneur, like it's just like up and down up and down up and down 
my friend Derek Halpern has a great graph, a uh, little graphic he drew called the day in the life of an entrepreneur. So it's like, good. I'm amazing. I'm terrible. I'm, you know, and like, it's I like, know exactly what I'm doing. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I, what the hell am I doing? Exactly. So it, it's, but being able to look at that stuff and just to see like the actual blessings in, because like, I believe like that, that moves me, moved me closer to like after like all this stuff happened like five years ago, I took like six or seven months off. I'd pretty much lost all my money. All this stuff had happened and I had no clue what I wanted to do. All I knew was what I didn't want to do, what I was doing. Which is so much more powerful, I think. And I think everyone will have that moment. I hope not more than a few times in your life, but like I've been there and I'm sure a lot of people listening, maybe they're there right now in the sense that everything's been stripped. And I think when that happens, what I look back on, my, my kind of come to Jesus moment happened when I was 27. And I look back on it now and I'm like, my only choice was either to wallow in being frustrated and sad and depressed and everything over everything that had happened at the time. For me, it was a massive breakup at the time um, and my business not doing super well. Or you're so alone, you feel so stripped down that the other option is you figure out who you are and again, what you don't want in your life and what you do want to rebuild into your life. Um, and it's kind of this like you're starting from the bottom moment. Exactly. And it's, you know, for all these things, like we get so caught up in like with fear of the unknown and fear of like what's going to happen. And there's two great acronyms for fear that I always try to keep in mind. And like the first one is like where we're just going to try to bury our heads and it's like, fuck everything and run. And the other one though is face everything and recover. Mm. And that is, or face everything and rebuild or, you know, mm. however you want to look at it. But so at that moment, I just, I had this moment, I, I can just share the quick story with you. So I, I had been for a while, I'd gotten away from doing the things that I knew were right for me in terms of really connecting with people, really caring about people. And I'd just gotten away, you know, it gets real focused on my own ego and other people's and dealing with, you know, just toxicity and all this stuff. So I had this moment though, where I was at my house and all this, like the whole company, like burning down, so to speak. And I'm on the phone. It's like a Saturday afternoon, evening, my daughter, she was three at the time. She walks in the kitchen and she looks at me and I'm on the call. Like, most important phone call in the world that I have no idea who I was talking to, what I was talking about. And she looks at me and she's like the most important person in my life. But I, again, like that's what I would tell you and that's what I felt, but that's not how, what my actions were at all. Mm. And she walks in the room and the kitchen and she looks at me and she's like, starts to tell me that she's hungry and, you know, wants me to make dinner. And I'm like, one minute. And she looks and she knows one minute means like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So she looks at me like, really? And she walks over to the refrigerator, opens up the refrigerator, takes out a piece of pizza, turns around, looks at me again and is like, really, buddy? Like, you're just going to let this happen? And I, so I'm watching this out of the corner of my eye and she's still doing this. She gets a plate, puts the pizza on a plate, gets a chair, pushes it up to the microwave, puts the plate and the pizza in the microwave, starts cooking her own dinner. Mm -hmm. Now, for whatever reason, like I don't tell the story because now she's like on Master Chef Junior and like <laughs> this was the beginning of like a whole new career. And it was just at that moment I realized I'm like the most important person in my life can't count, like doesn't think she can count on yeah. me or that I care. And I'm disconnected from her. And like I just had this moment where I was like, I can't live this way anymore. I hung up the phone, 
And I just stopped and I was like, there has to be a better way. That moment, I started to just change everything. Now, I had no clue what I was going to change. But one of the most important things, the decisions that I made was every day for, you know, for, I didn't know it was going to be forever at the time, but I'm going to start meeting with one new person every single day and with only three rules. So meet with one person every day, be open, honest, and vulnerable. Like be like, say like the stuff I'm saying now that I've never would have said in a million years because I didn't think that that was cool or successful or whatever. And just figure out what I can do to help that person Mm -hmm. and not care about anything for myself. And I've done that every single day. It's like 1,800, 1,900 meetings or something. (sighs) Way more people than that. Um, You know, and I do that no matter what. And I try to help somebody, at least one person every day. And as a result, everything in my life has changed. And that was just the beginning though. I didn't, you know, like, and this is an important thing for like people listening who are like, I have no clue how I want to get to, you know, that new life. And it's always with these small steps. And it's a lot of times we're just jumping, you know? Well, and I think that's the thing. And I think I talk about this often um, in the sense that entrepreneurship is, it's super freaking hard. But at the same time, I feel really blessed to be in the entrepreneurial world in a time where it's a hell of a lot easier than it used to be. So our our idea of what is a long time is so fucked up at this point. Oh my God. <laughs> because we're all like, wait, I'm not a millionaire after six months. This is BS. So I think that it's really important to remind yourself progress is a slow process. Like it's going to take you time to get to where you need to be. And also I really do believe in this always has been comforting to me because I'm the most impatient person in the world. Like I will admit that I'm really, really impatient and it's a blessing and a curse and everyone in my life will tell you that. But I always have to remind myself, like I'm in my own race and everything's divinely happening at exactly the time it's supposed to happen for me. Like there is a greater idea of what's going to happen in my life and it's all going to happen when it's meant to happen. And there might be people listening being like, that sounds really woo woo, but I've believed that ever since my kind of like come to Jesus moment in knowing that every single thing, every single conversation, every single relationship, every single person that you've met with has happened for a reason. And it's being aware and present enough to know that that's happened and you're going to get to where you want to get to. And the other thing that I always pay attention to, and I've been through this recently, I have a very clear idea in my head of a plan or where I want to go to. And then all of a sudden it's like, I feel this pushback and I feel this sort of like it's just not going as easily as it usually does. And I'm usually in flow. And so I've kind of been experiencing that for the last like couple months. And this is the first time where I'm like, something's not right because it's not meant to be right. And I'm pushing something that's not meant to be pushed right now. And I'm going to get there when I need to get there. Oh my God. Yes. I Well, there's so many things that you said that are just so important. And I just want to highlight. Um, but one, like when you're talking about the progress and like it, so a a couple of things just came up in my mind. One, it's so important to have conversations like this to get reminded and to mm-hmm. surround yourself with people. Uh, I, I think if I could give any advice, like, and I don't like giving advice, but just that's what I like. It's so important because left to my own, our own devices, our own minds, like I've heard it said, like, you know, your, your mind's a da- dangerous neighborhood. Don't go there alone. <laughs> um, but I'll forget that stuff. And that's why I meet with people. That's why I talk to people like you and text people, do all these things to surround myself. And I'm very, very like vigilant about who I allow in. And that sounds really, really like 
I don't know, like arrogant or whatever, but it's like my mind and my mindset is so important. And it's like, it, so that's, and with that and why I brought that up is because you just reminded me with like the progress side and like how important it is to enjoy the journey mm. because the journey never ends. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy uh, to think that once you get to certain, like I lived my entire, most of my life, and especially like that whole life that I just described thinking, all right, when this happens, then I'll be happy. So when I make this amount of money, when I get this recognition, when I get this, and I would do those things because I grew up without money. So I always thought that money was actually, like I equated money with happiness. Mm -hmm. Like it was very simple for me. And yeah. I would get like, you know, I remember like the first time I got a BMW and I was like, I was happy. I was driving home and it lasted like 20 minutes, like literally. <laughs> Like yeah. the last time I got a car, I didn't even go like, because I could, it's not, that doesn't make me happy, but it's like the, all these little things, but it's, it's so, and I, like living like that is such a bad way to live for me at least, because it, it never allows you to be in the moment. So like the journey and like all these things that happen along the way to get to your goals, like that's like, and who you're becoming probably more importantly is like, that's the gift. That's the payoff. That's where the happiness comes from. Our mind doesn't want us to think that, uh, but it, our ego doesn't want us to think that, but that's it. Yeah. And I think that's so important to know too, because it's also dependent on like where you're at as well in the sense that I was talking to Sean Cannell recently, who's a friend and a fellow YouTuber and awesome all-around guy. And we were talking about the seasons of entrepreneurship. Like when you're in that hustle season, you will do whatever it takes to get to wherever you need to go. And then you come out of that and it's hard to break that hustle habit. And it's something that I've struggled a lot with because for me and my own ego, and we all have egos, and that scarcity that creeps in, you go well, if I'm not working hard, I'm not doing anything. I'm not getting to where I need to go. If I'm not going to this event, if I'm not talking to that person, I'm not having a million meetings, like I'm not going to get to where I need to go. And so this year has been a real wake up call for me because I kind of realized that I was making, and a good friend of mine actually reminded me of this a couple weeks ago. She was like, are you making this decision out of scarcity or abundance? And I was like, and there it is. <laughs> like full stop. I'm, fully making, <laughs> I'm making it out of scarcity. Uh -huh. I'm... I'm doing it out of fear of whatever it might be. Fear that I'm not going to get to the place where in my head I think I need to be getting to. I'm not going to meet the people I think I need to be meeting. I'm not going to be top of mind for my community. Someone else is going to swoop in. I'm going to oh be beaten God. out by my competitors. Da, 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 da. Like When in my head and me as a human being, the only reason I've gotten to where I've gotten to, and I know there's a long way to go, the only reason I've gotten to where I've gotten to is because I never gave a flying F about anybody else. I started this whole thing not knowing what an online business was, not knowing who the big players were in the space, not even understanding that there were competitors in my space, and just doing my own thing. So I'm finally coming back to a place of just doing that. But when you get to a certain level in your business, it's really hard not to let that creep in. And it's funny because you would think that the more you have, the more settled and calm you'll be. But the more you have, the more that ego and that scarcity creeps in to be like, you could lose it all. <laughs> Well, it's the whole new levels, new devils, and yes. it's insane. And I, I so needed to just like hear this because I, oh, it's the same thing. Of and I was just reading something this morning, so I'm reading a book. So I'll, I'll read anything, like, or I'll try <laughs> anything, like I'll do it. Like I have an energy work, like I'll, if something like has the potential work, I'll try. It. Right. So somebody had recommended this book to me. Okay. Um, somebody had said like the best mindset book was by Denise Duffield Thomas. 
Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. So I'm reading a book called Get Rich. Like I'm literally on the plane and I'm reading this. <laughs> That's this why you're and, great. And the whole thing, it's and it's written to a woman. Like it, there's no like even like semblance of like a man. So it's like, you know, it's like goddess and like bitch. And like there's like, you know, but it's absolutely amazing. Like once I get past like, you know, like getting used to just being called like darling and all this. Um <laughs> But it, it, so it's, it's, it's amazing. But in the reason I bring it up is there is something I'm going to send it to you after uh, I got to find it, but she like quoted or like excerpted like this whole thing called you have permission. And this woman wrote it and it was unbelievable, but it's like, you have permission to say no, you have permission to like, but she says it much better, more eloquently, but it, it, it's wild because there's always another level and there's mm-hmm. always... Uh, new devil. I, I hadn't heard that saying um, until this year either. Someone said to me, new level, new devil. And I've also heard new level, old devil. So like the moment you're, you're yes. going to hit a new level, some of that old stuff you think you've dealt with is going to come right back up to the surface for you to deal with. And I think for me, you know, some of it is like that insecurity of when I was a teenager and I was bullied and needing to prove myself and all of that stuff, like that stuff doesn't go away. And so I think that's where some of like that feeling the need to be everywhere and to be everyone to everything and to be perfect comes in. But the moment that like for me, I realized I was doing it, it was like this huge smack in the face of, and a deep breath to be like, nobody likes me because I'm perfect. They like me because I'm me. Exactly. Oh my God. It's, it's crazy. I, my favorite level story is I heard from Jay-Z and like 10 or 15 years ago, and he had just bought like a part of the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. And the guy who owned the Nets was the, a Russian oligarch named Mikhail Prokhorov, who's like, you know, $10 billion, 20 something crazy. So they were at the four season. I think it was the first time they were meeting and Jay-Z, you know, is like one of the most famous people in the world, probably at that time worth like half a billion, like king of New York type of guy. And they're at the Four Seasons, one of the nicest hotels. And they're in the penthouse. And Jay-Z's like, when, when's he getting here? And when's he coming up? And one of the people that worked there was like, oh, no, we're going to go up to meet him. He's like, what do you mean? We're at the top. We're at the top level. And they're like, no, there's another level. And he, his whole thing was... Right there, reminder. There's reminder. always another level. There's always another level. I just love, like, I'll always remember that. It's like from so long ago, but I like, it. It stuck with me. So, I mean, like I said, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, and there's so much I do want to talk to you about. One of the things I want to ask you is you're currently in Toronto. I feel like every time I talk to you, you're doing something or you're somewhere, you're meeting with someone, and like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you keep up. I don't know how you stay sane. You also have a family. Like, I don't know how you're doing it. So, break it down for me and for everyone listening. How do you manage it all and you still have a very happy and calm disposition? (laughs) <laughs> so I do a lot of, so a, a lot of the, when you were saying like the, the things that come up and like, so I do a lot of work on myself. Like I've had to like, to get to being okay, to be able to look at something like horrible happening and looking at that as a blessing. That thing like just happened overnight. That happened from me, like doing a lot of work on myself in the last really hasn't been in the last like seven years, but you know, and then especially in the last five years, but because I'd gotten start like the things why I started getting really uncomfortable in that 
job and like doing the and being around people that I wasn't like like anymore because I'd started to change I'd started to do the work mm. and it, so that's like such a big part of it so like the small things like having a morning routine have like putting good things into my body mind like those are so big those are like the giant things like thinking like gratitude so i texted you something the other day somebody had told me Love like this. whatever your thing about like whatever you think about god it doesn't matter really just even just think of it as gratitude over drama yes and i and i texted that to you <laughs> like i was just talking about something like this but like i write a grat i write two gratitude lists every single day one what I'm grateful for in the last 24 hours, like whatever I'm grateful for at that moment. I think you were on my list today. Aww. And um, and then the other one is like the gratitude for things that haven't happened yet, but are going to. Mm. Guys, if you want something super, super powerful, do that. Just think about like what you want to accomplish or what your goals, dreams, whatever. It could be something simple. It could be that day or it could be something big, but write it down as if you're grateful that it's already happened. Mm -hmm. But doing stuff like that, meditating, meeting with good people, talking to good people, doing all this, like that's what, like if I don't do that, reading, get rich, lucky bitch, and you know, like, <laughs> things like that. But I'll, I read a lot. Like I, like many of my mentors are people I've never met and have been dead for, you know, 50 years. Yeah. Like, Wallace D. Waddles and Florence Scovel Shin and people like that. I like that, a book or an idea or, you know, just sometimes even just one word or, or like one sentence can change my life. And do you and feel I, like, sorry to, to, to interrupt, but do you feel like oh. that's where all of your never ending energy comes from? Cause you're constantly motivated by all of these resources. Yeah. And people like I thrive off of, so I need to like recharge. Like I can't, like if I, I can't do all that other stuff, if I'm not taking some time for myself. And so like, that's why the morning is like kind of sacred to me. Like I just need to like an hour, two hours of just like reading, writing, meditating, all that stuff, like regardless if I'm traveling and then just building. So like I fought structure my whole life. So I thought that like, having any types of habits, routines were like, you know, horrible because I am not like a, I'm like a nonconformist. But what I found was that structure equals freedom. Mm. So knowing the things that I, that make me better, that make me calm, that give me energy, knowing all these things and then just doing them removes all this mental energy and like thinking about, oh, you know, should I go to the gym? Should I exercise? I just know I'm going to work out five times a week. doesn't matter if I go to gym. doesn't matter how long. Like, it just, I have to know for myself. Like, I do, I'm in the middle of doing, like, I decide to do a Facebook Live every day. I don't go back and forth in my head and like, oh, should I do I just do it, you know, like, no, because I committed to doing that. And so, like, things like that really, really help me. Well, and I think like that point is so important and it's something that I've been really practicing since the beginning of this year because, and maybe I've never thought about it in these terms, but you said like, I'm a nonconformist. I'm like, maybe that's the little rebel in me that's been fighting having habitual things happen every single day for me. And I never really realized it. But this year it was kind of when I realized, okay, you know what? Everything grew so much for me last year. I have to figure out a way to get a little habitual on a day-to-day -day basis or else I'm never going to take care of myself and I have to. So. I started doing morning routine and, you know, have all these things that I do on a daily basis. And what you said that hit home and something that I keep saying to people in my life who are like, oh, I need to get into a routine. Once it becomes a habit, you don't have to think about it anymore. And that's how it gets done. Exactly. The moment you give yourself a choice of like, 
maybe I should go to the gym today. I don't know. Should I go to the gym? What time should I go to the gym? It's exhausting mentally. And you're probably always going to say no because no one wants to go to the gym. Of course. And here's the biggest thing for any of these things that you know that you need to do. Forget should, but need. And I, I mean need in like your heart, soul. Like, you know, like, all right, this, when I do this, I feel better because you shouldn't, that's the only stuff that you should do. The things that make you feel Feel better, better, like there. So I'm fine. Like I'll switch out things that no longer, sometimes things just stop working for me. But what I like the big mental shift for me came when I made this realization, it's so much harder for me to not do something that I know I need to do than it is for me to just fucking do it. So (laughs) And that's really that simple. Like it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Because like you, your example about the gym. So if let's say I know that I, I, I need to go to gym and it's like, this is, this is going to make me feel better. I committed to doing that. And instead I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit on my couch and watch Netflix and flick through Instagram. Right. Sounds like that's good. But it, I will be miserable doing that yes. because my mind will be like, you're such a loser. You're so lazy. <laughs> like, you're, And then I won't do anything. And, and then I'll just sit there in this like horrible, like mental purgatory. And I'm like, all right, get off the fucking couch and go and yeah. work out. It'll be totally. so easy. Totally. So the thing I always say is I work really hard to make my life easy. <laughs> these other things, my life is so easy. Like connecting with people, like it seems like it's the harder thing to do, but it's the shortcut. It's the complete shortcut because it makes everything else easier. You know, meditating and taking 10 minutes to meditate, like, and then being like, calm, like, it's the shortcut. It's and like, it, oh, yeah, it's a shortcut. And I think it's also, it's how you frame it. And I think people can be like, oh, I don't have time to do all that in the morning. What I kind of see it as now, and I, you know, I'm certainly not perfect at it and it's become nope, a practice. Neither am I. No, and, and it's also for me, I've had to learn not, to not beat myself up about it if I'm not perfect at it. But I do know that when I have a day where I don't do the things that are in my like little routine or habits, I feel a little off. I don't feel like I'm as like mentally strong or clear as I need to be to do everything else in my life. So yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes the extra effort. Yes, it takes getting up earlier. But I frame it now as it's an investment into the peace in the rest of my day, not me getting up earlier. It's me saving time later. A hundred percent. And one of my favorite things, and I wrote an article about this for Inc. I think it was my most viewed shared article. And Warren Buffett once said, so Warren Buffett's like basically the best investor of all time, greatest mm-hmm. investor, multi, multi-billionaire. He said, the best investment you can make is in yourself. Mm-hmm. You never go wrong investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is such an important thing. Every time I've invested in myself, like, and really, and not just like investing money, but investing time, investing effort, and many times investing money in like courses or coach or like, and putting the effort in, it always pays like being here, like this will pay off. Like, you know, being whatever I'm, you know, they're going to meet with people and all this and like, it'll pay off. Like, yeah. but it's an investment in myself and then investing in other people, your time, like, you know, investing. So I always try to remember that piece of advice. Well, me. and I think, and I think it's really also prudent to remember it right now because I think, like I was saying, you know, the hustle culture is very real. I get it when you're in a certain stage of your business, but I also think like if you are one of the people out of the many who's actually taking time each day to not just get up, get on your phone and go to work, but to actually get up and take care of yourself and invest in yourself. I think that you're going to be the person who's left standing way long after the rest of the people who are in your space or in your industry. 
Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the one thing I'll say, and it's, so my biggest challenge is that, so I'll do all this stuff and then it'll work amazing. Meaning like, so the more I do, the better I think, the more I manifest all this thing, it'll all work. And then I'll start slowly cutting back because mm. I'm like, I don't need to do that. Look how good everything is. And then I get back to the point of, so this is like, that's yeah. my, time. it's like, yeah. I know exactly what I need to do every single day. And it's just a challenge. Like, all right, do I actually do that? Yeah. And I'm, I like to say that out because I like to hold myself accountable. And like, also like, I never, I, I mean, I've never met anyone I've, and I've talked and I get to meet with like, a-list celebrities and billionaires and like I've never met anyone who has it all figured out like no never. I think I've started to realize as I've gotten older I'm like there's not a single person on this planet doesn't matter not how shiny close. their life looks <laughs> who knows what yeah. the f is going on <laughs> not even close not even close so <laughs> I love it, it. and I love to say that because I never want like when I'm talking and saying like I never want somebody to be like oh you know it, he's like, got it all sorted yeah, because I don't. That's why I do the Facebook Live every day because I, my life looks so shiny most of the time on like um, like regular social media, regular Facebook. And then like, all right, look, like watch how many, like every fifth episode, something like melts down, like something doesn't work or, you know, like my dog will be jumping on me. My dog, my daughter will be like, you know, kicking me in the back of the head or something. Yeah, totally. Totally. I love it. I love that you are so genuine and you have such a dedication to investing in yourself and investing in other people. And I, that's, I'm so excited to also be a part of the event that you have coming up because I know how impactful you are for everyone who comes into contact with you. So I did want to talk about that. And then we're going to dive into the quick speed round questions, which I think you'll really like. Um, so first and foremost, let's talk about when is the event, what is the event, and how can people um, attend? Okay. So the next one, so I do this three times a year. The next, it's the cool thing about the Unfair Advantage Live, and it's basically bringing together this amazing group of like curated people. And I really mean that you can't just buy a ticket. Like I don't do Facebook ads. I don't do anything. Like I talk to the people before I make the apply. And that's just to make sure that it's the right people in the room. And it's really, so I live in New York city. I each month I do like dinner parties, networking, like events, all this stuff. So I built up amazing relationships with people in the media, influencers, other really successful entrepreneurs and the, like kind of bridging the gap of bringing people together, helping people figure out like, what do they need help with? So what I do, because not everyone lives in New York City and wants to go and meet people every single day, like a maniac <laughs> like me. Uh, so I teach people what I do. I bring in amazing people like you. I like, so there's only, like, I, I don't really bring in a lot of speakers. It's like this one is you and Susie Moore and then a media panel. And mm -hmm. by the way, you're going to love Susie Moore. So um, yeah. So you guys are like going to just be best friends. So anyway, <laughs> and teach people and you really get to interact and learn directly from people in the media. So like the media panel will be like Farnoosh Tarabi, who you now mm -hmm. know, who's like Oprah's finance expert, ah! like, top, like CNBC host, one of the senior producers for Dr. Oz show, uh, Jonathan Fields, who I mentioned before, and uh, other people like that. And then at night I bring in, we have like a huge, like not huge because the event's limited to 65 people, but a party where I bring in like lots of people from the media. So like the people that are impossible to get in touch with like editors and producers and writers and journalists and reporters and all this stuff. And the cool thing about it is it's just built around creating relationships. Yes. It's not about having everything perfect. Like I tell people this and people even come and they're like, 
they don't really, I don't, they don't even still completely believe that I really mean. And then they just have relate to, uh, conversations with people and like really connect. They're like, wow, you weren't just making that up. <laughs> so it, it's, so it's awesome. But, and then the day two is all about how to leverage that. Mm. and how to get more from and like follow up the right way and build great relationships. And you're going to be teaching about how to like use YouTube and video and how to do all these like amazing things. But the best part really is the community that you become a part of. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, like something I've never, and I'm completely fine like bragging about because I don't even feel like it's me. Like I'm like pretty good. Like, and I, you know, had something to do with bringing all these people, but the people are just unreal because it's all based around people that believe in win-win relationships. So what happens is before people even come to the event, they get unbelievable value because the community and like once you're in the community, you're in it like for life or as long as I actually do this and meaning like there's not like a renewal fee or anything like that because I just wanted to create this like real community group of givers like that, but not just givers like from a complete altruistic, but they see the law of reciprocity when you're Mm -hmm. helping other people more good comes back. So what happens, all these people are just up-leveling and up-leveling and up-leveling. So the next one is May 2nd and 3rd in New York City. There are actually only a handful of spots left. Yay! Um, Yeah, which is awesome. It always sells out early and it's, it's, It is amazing if I say so myself. It's going to be so fun. You are the real deal. I can't wait to be a part of it. And I hope that some of my bosses are going to be there as well. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Okay. Are you ready for the speed round? I'm ready. Okay. So it doesn't have to be one word answers. It just has to be the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, I love it. Okay. Ready, Freddie? Okay. All right. So best business book every entrepreneur should read. The Science of Getting Rich. By Wallace D. Waddles. Perfect. What are your daily non-negotiables? Um, gratitude list, meditation, those two. Favorite kind of music to listen to when you work out? Uh, rap. What's your favorite song right now? Oh, that's a good question. God's Plan, maybe? Yeah, that's probably, t- I don't know. I listen <laughs> a to drink. a lot of like older um, stuff. So, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. That's probably um, right now. My favorite one right now, I also listen to rap when I work out. And my favorite one, I don't even remember who it's by, but it's called New Level. So speaking of our conversation today, you should listen to it because it's really I'm good. To. Um, best advice you've ever received from a mentor? Oh, um, you have a responsibility to be a good person. I love that. What are the three main characteristics of a successful entrepreneur? Heart, drive, ambition. Those are the first things that came to my mind. I love it. What is the biggest lie about online business? Oh, that, that you only have to do launches. <laughs> that's a good one. I don't know if that's like, but that's like one of the things that, I, or courses are the only way that you can make money. Um, I got a lot. <laughs> I know. I was like, the list goes on. Um, yeah. What are you most proud of in your business? Of the community of people. What are you most proud of in your life? My daughter. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of being your own boss? I'll give you mine first. My definition of being your own boss is taking care of yourself so you can take care of everything else personally and professionally. Ooh. Um, mine is getting to choose. So, and, and that was the first thing that came to my mind, but choose who you want to work with, who you want to spend your time with, how you want to make your money, um, choice, choice cool. and freedom. Perfect. Where can people go to learn more about you? So people can go to unfair advantage 
live.com or unfairadvantage.live, whichever one you'd rather. (laughs) Perfect. And that's where people can apply to attend the next event and then future events as well, right? Yep. And also connect with me on Facebook, Chris Winfield, T-H-R-I-S-W-I-N-F-I-E-L-D. I am... That's my most active place, even though we're going to change that once (laughs) I get uh, time in May and I finally get to dig in with Sunny. (laughs) We start on YouTube. Yeah, no, your your Facebook is very active. Live events every single day, which is super fun to watch and be a part of. Um, And just lots and lots of like inspiration and knowledge that you share there as well. So we'll put that in the show notes to a link to your Facebook profile where people can connect with you. And of course, a link to the event page as well. I appreciate you so much much. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know that we kind of felt like we were having our own little private conversation, but I think that this is going to be really beneficial to a lot of the bosses listening. Um, And we'd love to hear your feedback. So please do leave a review below. Connect with Chris. Let him know that you found him on the Sunny Show podcast. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. You're amazing. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your fellow bosses. Congratulations on showing up for yourself today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.